48K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. And the headlines, another former member of Apple Daily senior staff is detained on suspicion of conspiring to collude with foreign forces. A Southern District Councillor accuses the Home Affairs Department of refusing to work with district councillors. And state media report that President Xi Jinping has declared flooding in Henan province extremely severe after 12 people died. The police's National Security Department has arrested another former member of Apple Daily's senior staff. They said a 51-year-old former editor is being detained on suspicion of conspiring to collude with foreign forces. Sources said the man is Lam Man Chung, the executive chief editor of the now-defunct pro-democracy newspaper. The paper shut down last month after a security probe froze some $18 million of the company's assets. Two senior executives of the paper have been charged with conspiring to collude with foreign forces while several others were arrested but were granted police bail. A company manager has been sentenced to three years and nine months in jail after she was convicted of rioting and assaulting a police officer with a mooncake tin when protesters and police clashed at the Shatin MTR station in September 2019. Vicky Wong reports. The court heard that Lao Yunling, who's 47, was trying to prevent police from arresting a protester on September the 7th, 2019. A 44-year-old event planner, Che Ka Lun, who was also trying to help and who was found guilty of rioting, was sentenced to three years and eight months. The protester that the pair were trying to rescue, 29-year-old Lee Chen Lam, was also given one year after he was convicted of resisting arrest and possessing offensive weapons, namely two laser pointers. Pro-Beijing legislators have accused the hospital authority of siding with what they called rioters for refusing to reveal patients' medical records to dismiss what they said was false information circulating online. The councillors were referring to the case of a woman who was allegedly shot in the eye by the police during a protest in 2019. Pro-Beijing media reported that her eye looked fine when she was seen at the airport in May. At a LegCo meeting, DAB councillor Gary Chan said the opposition exploited the incident to incite more people to take to the streets, while the Federation of Trade Unions, Kwok Wai Kung, asked why the hospital authority hadn't clarified the matter for the government. Mr Kwok spoke through an interpreter. Let's not forget that uh, on the following day of that incident, um, the airport was paralysed and uh, there was spread of rumours um, inciting hatred uh, towards uh, the government as well as the police. Well, the HA has got the uh, first-hand information about this, and yet the HA has failed uh, to come forward uh, to clarify the situation. That means that the HA is standing on the side of the black-clad uh, violence. So I think whoever has the power to clarify on behalf of the administration should have done so. The Undersecretary for Health, Choi Tak Yi, said the HA had been helping with the police investigation and had provided the patient's medical records after it was issued with a warrant. He said he couldn't comment further because legal procedures are ongoing. Southern District Councillor Paul Zimmerman has accused the Home Affairs Department of seeking to emasculate what remains of the SAR's district councils. Now more than 200 councillors have resigned. He said he was acting chair and there were only four remaining councillors to shoulder the workload, but said the department had refused to work with them. They refused to organise the meetings, they refused to issue the agendas and somewhat spurious reasons like there is no chairman because uh, as the vice chairman, uh, I'm now acting as the chairman for the district council as a whole. Uh, they can come to me also for the committee meeting agenda and make sure they're approved. But uh, they're elusive. Uh, they uh, they have not contacted me for the meeting on coming up on Thursday. So it's really the Home Affairs Department who makes life difficult rather than the fact that uh, 
we, uh, we lack the district councillors. That's our current problem. He expressed surprise at the chief executive's statement that elections couldn't take place until next year, saying he thought that under the law, the Electoral Affairs Commission chairman, Barnabas Fung, was required to declare the positions vacant and organise elections. Home Affairs Secretary Casper Choi says he'll start working on the process for district councillors to swear an oath of allegiance to the government this month. His comment comes amid reports that the government will this week send letters to district councillors who aren't eligible to swear the oath, while letters for those who will be invited to take the oath will be sent out at the end of July. Reports also say an oath-taking ceremony is expected to be held in early August. Here's Mr Choi. Uh, we'll try to get the process started uh, within this month uh, so uh, well today we, we have nothing new to announce uh, but uh, in due course we will uh, give out the details the government says from tomorrow meetings forums exhibitions and a number of other events like weddings and business meetings can be held at full capacity provided two-thirds of those attending have had their first covid vaccine dose the transport department says a back-end system problem means the remote payment function in the HKE Meter mobile app is temporarily out of service until further notice. It's advising motorists to pay parking fees directly into meters. There's been severe flooding in the central Chinese province of Henan. Officials say 12 people died after torrential rain flooded the subways in the provincial capital, Zhengzhou. The BBC's Michael Bristow has been monitoring video footage of the damage. It's incredible, really, to see those images of people in subway trains which are still appear to be moving. It's not clear how. And they're standing there quite calmly in water up to their shoulders. And now the whole of the subway system in Zhengzhou has been closed down. Other images show cars bobbing along roads, people falling down sinkholes. An aluminium alloy factory apparently got inundated and that led to explosions. Also near Zhengzhou, there's a dam which the army is warning it is near to collapse. Zhengzhou has received the equivalent of a year's rainfall in just the past three days. France is rolling out new rules on accessing public places as it tries to curb another wave of COVID infections. In the last 24 hours, 18,000 new cases have been recorded, a new record. The BBC's Lucy Williamson reports. Health dictatorship is what protesters here are calling it. If the government has its way, in a few short weeks, you won't be able to sit down for a coffee at a Paris cafe or board a train without proof that you're COVID-free, vaccinated or immune. The so-called health pass is the government's answer to infection rates that are rising more quickly than France has ever seen in this pandemic. Already from today, there'll be no routine access to cinemas, theatres, museums without the pass. But it's the plan to extend these restrictions to everyday public places, cafes, shopping centres and public transport that's causing the biggest backlash. The US climate envoy John Kerry has warned the suffering caused by the coronavirus will be magnified many times over if the world fails to tackle global warming. In a speech in London, Mr Kerry said countries couldn't afford to wait for the end of the pandemic before facing up to the climate crisis. He urged China, the world's biggest user of fossil fuels, to dramatically increase its efforts to cut its carbon emissions. China absolutely can help lead the world to success by peaking and starting to reduce emissions early during this critical decade of 2020 to 2030. And I say that simply because it is factual scientifically. The truth is there's no alternative because without sufficient reduction by China, together with the rest of us, the goal of 1.5 degrees is essentially impossible. 
The latest reports on the use of hacking software sold by an Israeli firm suggest current and former world leaders were among those whose phones may have been targeted. The BBC's Gordon Carrera has more details. We're learning more day by day about who was on this list of 50,000 numbers in the first wave of releases by the investigative consortium who've been looking at this. They talked about human rights activists, um, dissidents and journalists. But now we've discovered that uh, on the list there appear to be three sitting presidents from France, Iraq and South Africa, three current prime ministers from Pakistan, Egypt and Morocco, seven former prime ministers and even the king of Morocco. Now, these are numbers which appear on that list, but that's not quite the same as being able to say definitively that this Pegasus software was used to hack into them. Haiti's new Prime Minister, Ariel Henry, has formally taken office nearly two weeks after the country's president, Jovenel Moise, was shot dead in his residence in the capital, Port-au-Prince. The BBC's Peter Bowes reports. Ariel Henry has been sworn in to replace the interim Prime Minister Claude Joseph, who assumed the country's leadership in the hours following President Moise's murder. Mr Henry, a neurosurgeon and former cabinet minister, has promised to form a provisional consensus government to lead Haiti until elections are held in September. The American FBI and the Haitian authorities are still investigating the motive for President Moise's killing. More than 20 suspects have been arrested, including some Haitian police officers and a group of retired Colombian soldiers. Finance news now. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,130. That's 117 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $91 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.85 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 17 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 58 cents. Sports, the head of the World Health Organization, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, has said the Tokyo Olympics should go ahead to prove what can be done if the correct COVID safeguards are in place. He was speaking to the International Olympic Committee. Beyond competition, beyond medals and records, the Games bring the nations of the world together in celebration, a celebration of sport. But ultimately... They are a celebration of something even more important, of something that our world needs now more than ever, a celebration of hope. Dr Tedros was speaking just two days from the opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics with some team events getting underway today. Host nation Japan have won the first one, crushing Australia 8-1 in a spectatorless softball game held against the backdrop of the lush hills of Fukushima. Women's football also kicks off today. Twelve teams are divided into three groups of four, with the United States coming in as favourites for gold. They're unbeaten in 44 games. And the first game in men's baseball has Japan taking on the Dominican Republic. While all this is going on, there are now 71 cases of COVID-19 connected to the Games in Tokyo. Earlier, International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach admitted he's been suffering from stress and sleepless nights over the rescheduled Games. Over the past 15 months, we had to take daily decisions on very uncertain grounds. We had doubts every day. We deliberated and we discussed. There were sleepless nights. Like everyone else in the world, we did not know what the future would hold. It was either cancelling the games or postponing the games. Cancellation would have been the easy way for us. We could have drawn on the insurance that we had at the time and uh, moved on to Paris 2024. 
Cancellation was never an option for us. The IOC never abandons the athletes. Australian show jumper Jamie Kermon has been provisionally suspended from the Tokyo Olympics after testing positive for cocaine. Team officials say the 36-year-old returned a positive A sample for a cocaine metabolite on June the 26th, following a test by Sport Integrity Australia. It's not just the Olympics that have been delayed for a year. A new cricket competition called The 100, where each side will face 100 deliveries, also starts today. The tournament is taking place in England and features some of the biggest names in cricket. The former West Indies captain, Carlos Braithwaite, plays for a franchise based in Manchester. He's been talking about how he will approach the competition. Firstly, it's important to appreciate the similarities to the other formats. You still have to bowl well. You still have to be smart with fielding positions. Um, you still have to bat well, play each ball in its merit. I think the differences will be, obviously, you know, have the ability to bowl a, basically a 10-ball over, or you could bowl five balls and then basically throw the ball to another ball and him come and bowl five balls from the same end. Um, so the little things like that can take a little bit of getting used to. I can definitely see some guys after the first five balls running to a different fielding position and then be told um, to wait um, when you have another lot of five to go. Action in the traditional formats of the game has also been taking place. England have won their T20 series against Pakistan, two games to one. Chasing 155 at Old Trafford, England got home with three wickets and two deliveries to spare in a tight finish. Jason Roy top scored for England with 64. Elsewhere, chasing 299, Bangladesh beat Zimbabwe by five wickets in their one-day international series. India were three-wicket winners over Sri Lanka. To basketball and the NBA Finals, where Janis Antetokounmpo scored 50 points in an astounding all-round performance and the Milwaukee Bucks captured their first NBA title since 1971 by defeating the Phoenix Suns 105-98. to The Bucks won the best-of-seven NBA Finals by four games to two, becoming only the fifth team to claim the crown after dropping the first two games. Antetokounmpo, only the seventh player in Finals history with a 50-point game, added 14 rebounds and five blocked shots as the Bucks ended their 50-year-old their 50-year title drought. To the weather forecast, it will be cloudy with showers and isolated thunderstorms. The outlook, some improvement tomorrow with sunny periods. It'll be very hot and hazy apart from a few showers on Friday and on Saturday. Currently the temperature is 28 degrees Celsius, the relative humidity now at 91%. And that's the news and weather from RTHK.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the 21st of July is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil Whelan for the morning brew today. It's a rainy day again, but don't fret because we're going to be bringing you a lively and great program this afternoon. In about 10 minutes or so, we'll be talking about young people, peer pressure and mental health. And we'll be talking uh, with the two co-founders of OK Minds, which is an awareness and education initiative to promote the significance of mental health and well-being. We'll be chatting with Namisha Vandan and also Dr. Amit Wanchu, who's also a medical doctor who was involved in the pioneering work by Medicine Song frontier in India for mental health and conflict zones and uh, Namisha uh, was a former postdoctoral fellow at the University of Hong Kong in the School of Public Health and she's certified to conduct a mental health first aid. So we'll be hearing uh, from them both in about 10 minutes or so and we hope to bring you that interview on Facebook Live and Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to and after the 2.30 news Cruzy McCalligan joins us today with our midweek audio column And today she'll be talking about barcodes. That's right. Always quirky and interesting. So I look forward to uh, hearing more about the fascinating history and also uh, this innovation of barcodes. And of course, we welcome you to join us. Feel free to uh, drop us a a line, drop us a message anytime between now and three o'clock. One, two, three show at rthk.hk is the email address. (laughs) 